Hey there, kids. It's me, Oni the Unicorn. And I'm here to tell you that f***ing your dreams ain't cheap. In fact, it costs a f ton of cash to do. So that's why me and the Ono oh Radio Show need your help. Just go to the website displayed below and hit us up with some cash, yo. One dollar, five dollars, fuck, a million dollars if you have it to spare. Any amount is appreciated. Well, I gotta go because these dreams ain't gonna fuck themselves. See ya! I'm going to become an international spy now, just to let you guys know. International spy, coming your way. show and we are back here on a monday night my name is owen i am the captain of your shit ship along with me tonight is my good friend my ailing friend my tall wizard lizard the great white north andre the giant uh of of weed he is here and his name is ty thank you ty he is the andre the giant of weed Andre the Giant of Weed? Yeah, I think that's what I, he is. Bro, that's such a good title, though. The Andre the Giant of Weed. Ty. Just a pleasant smile and a good-going attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of that weird, like, uh, hormonal thing oh, that, like, hey, makes Owen. you grow way too big for no reason. Hey, Owen, are we going to win? Oh, what are you talking about? What? Is, what, what? That was uh, Andre the Giant and the Princess Pride. Oh, yeah. See, I'd never seen the Princess Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody uh, looks at me like I'm a fucking crazy person when I say by the way, I, I've by never the way, seen The Princess Bride. I've never seen it. I never get to do this. I'm Mike B, everyone. Yeah. I am the mustache <laughs> muse. Yes, you are. And I am glad I'm here with you guys as always because this week has been fucking great. That's good to hear, Mike. You see, you sound so positive even talking to you before the show. You're like, man... I've changed my life around. Like I'm an have. I'm a new Mike B. You're you're what uh, nine days into the new year, and you're uh, yeah, and you're and you're killing it. You're you're at the gym what every day? You've been there every day. Um. Okay. So this is day eight. I started on the second. Uh -huh. Um. This is day eight of my fitness journey, and the first 
first seven days I was at the gym five days a week because that's where most people say like you shouldn't go more than that. You're gonna hurt yourself. Right. It's, it's and you're like for your body. And you're like, fuck that. I'm gonna do, do I that. I'm gonna yeah. do well, I'm originally gonna play in my by mind my B rules and I'm gonna go like in hard, my mind I was hard. gonna be like fuck that i'm gonna go all seven days at least because i was only doing 30 to 40 minutes yeah. so it's like i'm starting out i'm trying to like Dude, get my body you can get away with less than an hour every day i think so i think so yeah especially if they, you're switching it up too maybe one day you're doing legs one day you're doing some cardio one day you're doing some you know lifting whatever it is right so like, so I'll explain to you guys basically how every session works. Please. I start every session. Um, me and my wife have been going together because uh, it's really motivational for me to have someone there to like. Both. Of, I mean, for, I, I would it, imagine she says the same thing, right? Like it's yeah. helpful like to get hurt. Like it's something to do together as well. Yeah. Um. So every session starts out. Um. I started out by, I just got on the treadmill and pressed, they have a go button, a big yeah, green hit go. go button. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's see what like default is for the treadmill. And I pressed it. <laughs> it started a 20 minute timer uh-huh. and it, it basically has little buttons where you can adjust the speed. Yeah. Too fast for me right now. Can't, I got to slow down a bit or, or no, this is like old man, lazy pace. Let me bump it up yeah. a bit. So, um, for the majority of my workouts, I'm doing like three miles an hour um, for 20 minutes hey. at a 30% incline. There you go. There you go. So I'm just. Just walking hard. Walking hard up a small hill. Like, well, that's, am, that's what it is. I'm, I'm Johnny cashing it and I'm walking hard. I'm. I appreciate that. Like, and, and for those of you who are like, oh, that's pussy shit. Like, that's nothing. You do you do that? Like it will like I know, man, like even three miles an hour up a slight incline like that, that'll that'll make yeah. your legs feel like you've been walking hard. So like you said, Johnny Cash so it. That is just to get my heart rate up. Cool. So I do that. And then and you're burning some calories doing that, my friend. Yeah. And so what I'm basically trying to do is deplete my body of all this, like uh-huh. This energy and like the energy that it has and all like sure. the fat that's already got so that it can burn get that to, like, fat baby where i can actually burn calories yeah. and so after my 20 minutes i move into like arm and chest exercises um and i do 30 sit-ups a day at home so it's just dude what a start I'm that's a hell of a start in... just keep it up just keep it up you know like i I, I know we were talking again before the show and you were explaining some of this, you know, uh, to me, like you've been that you've been actively doing, you know, some, you know, exercising and really trying to get better in better shape. And you you mentioned one of the biggest things is that there is a mental clarity that does indeed come from working out or for me, at least like. I, I, I will lift weights at night. Like I will, I will like just lift a few weights, just keep my arms in check or what have you. But I'm not exactly trying to get big or like in the greatest of shape. Uh, but I will also, of course, try and walk. I like, I walk a shit ton at work. Like I work, I, I walk a good seven to 10 miles a day. Yeah. Like that's like a, a very important thing. 
And then I'll on the on the weekends I'll go for a walk with Teresa if I'm feeling with, like into it. And she we, we walk a good like when we go for a good one. I mean we're doing you know we're doing four or five miles something like that yeah. like for a good walk. <laughs> and, and, and 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 that was my point. My point is real quick is that if I do let that go for it takes about a week, week and a half. If I let it go that I don't you start do, to get the grumpies, right? I get grumpy. I don't like Dude, I, my, my it, mental clarity uh, isn't, isn't as like my cognitive functions just aren't as there as, as, as crisp as they usually are. And I so, do definitely feel it. There's something about, I guess, just getting that oxygen to the brain, that, that whole deal. It's important, man. So I, you know, I've, I've told you guys, you know, for a long time, I really like felt in a funk, and mm-hmm. like I've I've been dealing with a lot of depression just because I'm getting closer to forty, and like my I'm really trying to decide like what I want to continue to do because I've got all this like culinary experience, and you know, in a lot of ways, like over the last over Dece- through December, like I was posting a lot of food. And so there's that love and desire to keep doing what I'm doing. But there was a lot of depression about there's no real future for this. I would basically have to cook until I die. Right. Um, And I've been dealing with a lot of like internal like change and struggle with like what I'm going to do. But there was one goal that has stuck out for the past couple, like since I've been about 30, like right before the pandemic. Mm hmm. I decided that for my 40th birthday, and I think I've said this before, um, I want to go to either Japan or do like a little Europe trip for my 40th big ass trip. Yeah, it's expensive, but, you know, make yeah, save up the money to do a really extravagant travel adventure. For me and Janine for our 40th birthday because we're, be sa- we're the same age. Uh, dude, within a, couldn't within a recommend that anymore, man. Traveling is good for the soul. Um, but what I don't want to fucking do is windedly huff my way through either Japan or the European countries of my choice. I want to see you on the Great Wall of China fat as hell. Like, just no, no, no. no, I want (laughs) if I'm going to the Great Wall, I want to be up there. My twisted twisted side wants you to be like the dumb fat American on the Great Wall of China. Like, I want to have two Chinese people, like, like on each American shoulder, carrying carrying them up the stairs, those narrow stairs, str- and be yeah, like, yeah, "This yeah. is America." You want to be Fuck okay? Yeah. Here's what you. Here's the goal. You should want. Like, here's the deal. You should. I want to walk through the streets of Japan. Make your goal, and then be like, "Oh my God, this bulky, huge, this like yeah. fit." American man has graced us with his, his white presence. White, exactly. I think that you, your goal should be. That's not racist, that, by the way. That's that, not racist. That you can carry Janine up those very steep stairs on your shoulder, like Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man, up the stairs oh. to the Great Wall of China. Owen, do you want me to be the queen of the crop? The crop. Uh, rising, I'm rising, yeah, rising all the way to the top. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can't do a good match right now. But Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you, though. Seriously, I'm proud of you. It's, it's I feel awesome. That's guys. great to like hear. It, um, the, sh- the, my depression has definitely like there are things I'm still worried about. Of course, but, like it's like I'm not obs- 
Only because like I can feel my body forming the addiction. Like it's, sure, sure, yeah. Which and is a good like if I'm gonna get addicted you, to anything, please addi- for God let me. I've gotten addicted to so many dumb like drugs and alcohol and like yeah, yeah. stupid habits. Why not? Please let me get addicted to fucking working out. Please, I, body. In. That's cool. That's super cool. I um I did wanna I did wanna mention, of course, because you're feeling so great that maybe uh maybe one of our compadres, our amigos, our good brothers wasn't feeling too good. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel great. This week. <laughs> Ty, Hi, are you working out too? Ty, are, are, uh, we, are you getting shredded, brother? We gotta we okay. gotta get into his uh he Ty's like I feel like i need a segment for this and uh <laughs> so it's gonna go a little bit like this what's wrong with ty what's wrong with ty yeah what's wrong with ty what's wrong with ty yeah hey everybody listen sometimes ty has some weird issues with his body whether Uh-oh. it be diabetes Strange hereditary things. We don't uh-huh. really know, but sometimes I genital just warts. About genital warts. I know is a big one. Genital um, warts. Uh, uh, AIDS. It's more like I a think, genital. I feel pimple, like AIDS. Not a wart. Didn't you have the? <laughs> didn't you have AIDS once? You had AIDS once. Uh, space AIDS. Oh, yeah, was... Everybody had space AIDS okay. for a while. Yeah, I got it. Well, too. everyone on Ty's home planet. Uh, we're lizard people. Yeah. yeah. So what'd you get? Uh, so what'd you get this time? What happened? What happened? So so. You know, I did all the things you're supposed to do as a diabetic. I uh-huh. went early to get my prescription refilled. Didn't uh, eat a bunch of candy. Didn't drink a bunch. All that uh, worked I mean, out. That shit didn't have anything to do with what happened to me. But like, wow, okay, that's a first. Man, <laughs> again, like, like, I, I'm not saying I'm wait, diabetic, okay, tie, tie. You, yeah. like, sorry, Mike. Let me interject here. Usually, when Ty has a deb- diabetic episode you would admit this ty it's usually your fault right like you uh, usually do yeah. something usually ty eats like yeah. a commemorative christmas tin uh, full of sour patch kids and uh, then like has an episode and is like uh, i don't oh. know why i have it now i'm in the hospital again Woohoo! yeah the, oh no in all honesty all the hospital visits for the longest time are because my sugar's low but the last couple were fucked yeah so Too, okay right. regardless i went through the right things i i had the doctor's appointment huh? tried to get my shit refilled like i normally would every month like a responsible human being like a like a normal human is supposed to do that is trying to survive with diabetes are you a normal italian human now like a normal person (laughs) is supposed to to do hey i gotta ask are insulin prices still um like yeah stupid stupid uh, well um, so that was that was part of the shitty situation was my insurance changed at the beginning of the year oh boy um so certain shit that i the insulin i had been taking was no longer covered and they thought that no nah, you, know, you gotta get shittier to insulin you they it's, sh- it's they should make uh, off-brand well, knockoff insulin. They need to they need to get you guys they need call to, it winsulin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like you they know. make so-called generic things, uh, but they only make so many, and they're still expensive. Uh, so fucking, yeah. So there was that that delayed it once, but then it, there just was no stock in Fond du Lac for, it got delayed 
two, three days. And I'm on like emergency Well, I mean, there level. are so many fatties and fondle. Uh-huh. You know? it's, it's all them really, cheese curds, cheese curds. It's diabetes heavy and fondle. Uh-huh. This is like my, sell- this is what I take every day to like make me livable. This is wow. not me compensating for sugar. This, this is, is not like, like an emergency Are you trying to say thing. like people take like luxury insulin? Like, I think so. Oh, I just. I think no, that's, that's how what, you control oh, your to, blood sugar, man. I had to, how, oh, I had too many I will Snickers. Fuck you up, Mikey. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry, I've been drinking. <laughs> fucking, I don't normally do that. So you do? You do? Okay, cool. The, the Oh, and you shit. always drink. It's never a surprise. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I got one right here. I'm just saying. I almost never do. And I'm drinking. Diabetes is a son of a bitch. And it it was, it was imagine like prairie dogging for a couple of days where, you know, if, if you you don't go into the hospital, if you, if you can hold it for a couple of days and get your insulin, you'll be all right. Or, so wait, are you sitting in like a weird insulin limbo state where like you yeah. don't feel really Ooh. normal? Yes, I need this shit um, to like dude, uh, that, level out su- my no, everyday no, no. existence. Okay, okay, Th- that Ty. sucks. No, because Ty. this is my big deal. Like, we are a fir- we are the first world. first world nation. Yeah, yeah. We are the number. Apparently, <laughs> because we live here, we are the first first world nation and the fact that we have our citizens in this nation that can't get the insulin they need to fucking so what are you doing this okay ty i've heard and they have to do this shit they have to fucking like be shaking i I had to go into the hospital like that i couldn't get my insulin so this is why our insurance is fucked up because our own government can't regulate insulin all right let's not get into that let's not get into that what i want to ask ty is when you're in that like like that situation right does it like do you get even a sense because i've heard this like being kind of a thing like can you get like a sense of mania even where you start feeling a little like high or a little floaty or like like because well or kind of so so you need insulin to raise your blood sugar or no, drop it, lower. Right. So you need insulin to lower it. And so does that mean that you're just like, are you scared to eat anything at that point? Or like, what are you, so what are you doing? What there? I was out of that for people like me, for type one that don't make any insulin type two are the out of shape fatties. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the that's one your that own on. fault. That's, that's <laughs> your <laughs> average Fond du Lac Wisconsin. Is that? No, that I shouldn't was the say one it's I their own the... fault because there is genetic forms of that too. Sure. Type one. I what have... I have is none at all, so I need it. Both my grandparents ended up with diabetes through luxury excess life, and I am. That was part of this. That was like I don't want to. Yeah, you want to avoid not, that step. Do yeah, that. avoid that thing. Yeah, yeah. And my brother, yeah. and here's the other thing, I went to Christmas. My brother's been working out, and he looked slim. And I was oh. like, "Oh, I'm not." Good. And my sister just had a baby, so she's overweight. You can't let Tony be. You can't let Tony I'm be not, like. I'm not gonna be the fat sibling no, anymore. No. I'm gonna be the fucking shred sibling. And I know you when you get dedicated competitive. and competitive now in your it, mind he's you're ultra competitive so that's it man like you're, you're gonna that's do all it took was just i saw my brother I love and it. like Damn, my brother my brother looks fucking 
way better than I do now, and I'll I can't not handle that. I'm not letting that happen. But Ty, I again, dude, I'm so sorry that. No, I want to ask. Well, it's more. not a pity piece. I'm just, I'm just mad. Like it's fucking. I'm, no, you that's literally what I'm had to go. You human. had to go to the ER because you knew, like, hey, I haven't got my insulin. This is going to be a problem. I've tried it to was, get it. Like, yeah. so you, you almost preemptively did that. Is what I'm guessing, right? You, I'm sure you waited until the last. I I waited too long. But, in all right, honesty, right. But, yeah. And then how long? Because they would have been able there? to, they would have been able to help him short term. He wouldn't have had a full hospital stay. They would have been able to be like, okay, here's our some of our reserve insulin. Bam. You would think it'd be easy to get like an emergency vial Delivery. or shot, yeah, just yeah. a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even need a whole fucking thing. I just need give me a twenty four hour. So wait, emergency. Ty, you're right. saying that if I could start a business that could help diabetics who were in demand if i could build connections to get <laughs> like you don't want to get money i don't want to i don't think you need to get into this game man uh i want to because this fucking this is sucky like the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah isn't that what mark cuban has like trying to do now too like he's trying to like get insulin yeah well no For it's like across sure. the board with all of like he's trying to start this uh company where he's like selling certain drugs like crazy cheaper than like I, I don't know i don't know the whole deal i'd have to look more into it but he started a company that's selling generics and i think one of the biggest targets of that was going to be insulin so that insulin prices would be like 18 yeah. bucks a vial or something like way more i will say like being a being a diabetic for 20 plus 20 ish 20 yeah yeah long ass yeah, time that's about right yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like I've seen kind of the difference, and they have introduced some generic so, ones lately. That might be partially responsible for what you're talking about. Maybe. But, yeah. But it's still like without insurance, the insulin's still like two, three hundred dollars a vial. Insane. Insane. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's. I think that's what he's effectively trying to make a difference. You know, with and kind yeah. of fighting like the big pharma and stuff. And I know that. Uh, there was that one guy too, right? The the fucking that one big dickhead that was uh, Martin Shakrelli, yeah, who bought the Wu Tang album and was oh, the pharma excellent. pharma douche. That I think that was, was this, making insulin yeah, just super unaffordable. Yeah, like thousands of bucks and all this. Like, so I think he was part of partly responsible of why this exists. Is kind of no, like but again, a, I think it's just. They they will only produce so much because they know that they can keep it at a very high fixed price. Yeah, yeah. Because of and unless there's some real reason why we can't make enough insulin for everyone, unless there's like a legit like there just aren't the resources. It's been going too long. What's gonna they suck? Can, they is, can engineer this shit. It's there's yeah. No again, because we're engineering it now, then there's no reason for it to be this exponentially high. They're keeping it. What what more than likely it is is that we're in the period where experimental, um, like synthesized in insulin, is in that like I think it's a five year gap where, um, like companies can hold medical copyrights 
So once that gap is done, like, you know, basically free range insulin will become more yeah. available. Okay. Sorry. It's boring the hell out of me talking about this. Not going to lie. It's I'm passionate about it. I'm no, sorry. What I, but it's My the same dealt with it and I I'm literally getting healthy. So I don't, Here's my problem. Here's it. my problem with the whole thing. You can't get logical, like good, decent priced, like pharmaceutical insulin to tie. But yet, you know what I'm seeing lately is fucking handicap, handicap scooters all over the place. And I'm not talking about a rascal, something that you're driving around with that's electric powered. You know what I'm seeing is instead of now. Used to have crutches, used to have canes, used to have all sorts of like walkers or what have you. The new one that I'm seeing all over the place is the wheelie knee scooter. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you have you come across oh. this? This is a this they're they're is issuing this for the this people who have right. like a, a knee injury and that like knee or foot injury and they yeah it's like a scooter but they put their knee on it and scoot about with one knee up. I have and, seen, but I've seen those for a decade plus, and it always seems like a horrible idea. Uh-uh, like you would get going like way too good. And I think people are using them to like skateboard on now, basically. They're, they're just like drifting on their scooters. I see them like, and they're, I want to take one of those on a half pipe. I mean, I, I would like one, but I don't like when they got one and I don't got one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and how can come... we get one of those and just, can I just roll into work? Uh, can I roll into the factory with my new like knee scooter and start I, shredding? Owen, I, can I shred down? You know. Oh, and I think we need to spend like the hundred dollars to uh, get one of them through some sort of. I want uh, my insurance. I want my insurance to pay for it. Listeners, if you have one scooter. of these little yeah. knee scooters yeah. and you don't need it anymore, Give can it you me. donate it to Oh No so mm. that me and Owen can, can now go to work It'd be and fun, be right? on one of these and be like, oh, it's a disability. I exactly. have a disability. You, you yeah. got to wrap your ankle up or some shit. You know, that's all. Yeah, I got to put it. I got. Oh, I, all I got to do is put one of those boots on for eight yeah. hours a day. And then I, can, and I get to knee scooter around, around and sh- like, OK, my disability is the need to not shred. I need to shred on my I knee scooter. Sh- <laughs> my body desires shredding. shredding. Like, um, knee scooter shredding. So I I'm actually gonna... have a shred deficiency yeah, currently. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my doctor says that um, I should be shredding more often. And then, okay, what is this? Can't you sit an, on a knee scooter and put your feet on one of them electric hoverboard things? Instant sco- This is a good idea. Now, Eric, I, you are a fucking that's a, that's genius. Ge- yeah, that is genius. Now I can just whiz about with my hoverboard knee craft, and I can go to work and uh, get- and then fully comp it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. actually, Owen, you should tell them like, hey, you need to actually design all of my workspaces so I can get uh-huh. to work well, in I- my new um cheap hoverboard i thought about this before i've thought about this before because i'm so highly valued at my company right like i have to walk up a set i've heard i i have to walk up a set of stairs every day to get to my place of work i was wondering if like what it would take for them to put in a chairlift for me 
so I don't have to walk up and down the stairs anymore. Like, are you asking just... for one of those grandma yeah, wall yeah, yeah, lifts? Yeah, I want one to just basically I I ride in on my scooter. Is right? this gonna become the Owen Butler Memorial Studio? Yeah, yeah. I've already everybody up there knows that it's it's it, but it's I, your studio. Yeah, and then I just roll. I roll up to my booth, I hit my button, and I get up at the top, like a, a swing around. Uh, I would prefer to have some form of transport from the door inside. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I've, I've basically, uh, you know, I'm tired of walking up and down the stairs. It's, uh, it's, um, a, lot of, it's a lot of effort. That's all I'm saying. It's a lot of effort. Oh, and... What? Can um I ask you to play a little something so that I can talk about something I'm super tired of? Okay, what do we? What do you want? You got a gripe? Is that? I do. All I right. got a. Oh, right. I got a gripe right. and a half. Here we go. All right. Oh, buddy, these gripes are getting worse Fox, now Fox. because like my testosterone is going. Oh, I'm griping. Oh yeah, it'll Fox, get you. Fox. So, okay, what's uh, what's this gripe for the week? All right, guys. So, you know, I've been um, I've been bringing my charger in lately because uh, with my additional workouts, like I'm using my phone more outside of a charge zone and I've been having to charge my phone a little bit while I'm at work. Sure, sure, sure several times this week and even though i'm i've been real positive lately several times this week motherfuckers have unplugged my personal charger from my phone to plug in uh like plug uh, in their phone airpod boxes or fucking their own personal phone I have found my phone at minimum charge because when I put it on, some motherfucker has plugged their own personal device into my charger. No, that's an unacceptable move. That's an I'm, unacceptable I'm move. Been, you know, I have I have moments where like I need to go do things and connect my phone to like my uh, earphones so that I can do my shit. And I can't because my phone's on like 3% because some dick yep. unplugged it and plugged their own personal device into my charger. There's, I'm sick of this. There's there's a couple rules to There's a work this. code. Well, there's a code to all of the unplugging and using, first off, someone else's charger. Number one, if it is their phone, their charger, you don't touch it without asking the person. Number two, if they're char- like, even if you have your own charger and want to plug it in, you don't get to just take the spot on the power plug and plug yours in and plug, you know, like if somebody's already that. plugged in and charging, unless you can look at device no. and be like, oh, it's at 100 percent. If it's at 100 percent, I'm you the caveat. You're allowed. OK, unplug um, me. And plug yourself in. You're fine. But You're if fine. you unplug A, my phone, or B, in the worst case, my charger. I also think it's. Oh, e- you it's, have broken some cardinal 
modern day sin. It's doubly disrespectful when you're plugging in like the AirPods case. You're taking away someone's ability to communicate, plugging in your Bluetooth fucking headphone charger. Like that. Oh yeah, that that's to a me super is like a double, move. double down. Like nah, 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 nah. We no, oh, and I, I, I will 100 salute that. Like that is yeah. a super d head move mm-hmm. for you to unplug some a. If you unplug someone's phone, you've already committed cardinal sin one. Yep. You're unplugging a communication device. Unless what you're plugging in is another phone and you've communicated to that person, you've committed a sin. If you plug in a headphone out over a phone. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Oh, you have. There's a a tenth level of hell that they just made like within the last 10 to 15 years for that person. I think you need to institute some rules over at your place of work. You need to, you know, really lay down the law, put some signs. Oh, what do I want? Do you want me to do a Jerry Seinfeld set at the shift meeting and be like, yeah. guys, if we're going to unplug things from the chargers, make sure it's not a phone. That's a communication device. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about oh, no, you gotta let the person know, right? Like, so I feel like I, I don't know. What's make... okay to unplug, folks? What's okay to unplug? Oh uh, yeah. You want me to do a you I think you should. I think you should. Put out a memo. Wait, I usually... can I start doing stand-up bits for my shift meetings? At work. Yeah, at your shift meetings. I, pro- I probably should do a type five. Yeah, at my yeah, shift yeah, yeah, meetings, right? get it, get them going, and also get them understanding that it's not okay. New Year type five phones. for shift meeting. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So anyway, let's move on a little bit. I um I talked at the very beginning of the show how I was going to become a spy, right? I uh I, I, I'm feeling are very you though well. Here's the I deal. I feel like there's a lot of work involved with being a spy, Owen, and you are notoriously um, lazy. I mean, that is true. Well, this is this is my uh, my segment for the week that I feel like we need to discuss spies. I think we need to discuss double identities, multiple identities in in a ton of different people, and. So, I was thinking about, like, being a spy would be really cool. Like, being an international spy, right? Like, you get to, you know, all break down these governments and infiltrate. And then I started thinking about it. And I feel like the whole James Bond spy thing, like, the Mission Impossible deal, right? That's not what it is at all. I feel, I'm going to ask you guys this, that spies are probably more nerdy than they are cool. Are spies nerdy? I think Bond gave us all this image that every spy is this super suave, super cool. Yeah, which, I mean, I got that, right? Like, I'd be really good at that part. Like You're I, you not know, that, though. I, I so would. I would. You know, I but would. Let's move forward. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of spies are primarily just 
um, guys who are sitting behind computers uh. who are just have ins and outs through privatized networks well, that now can it, see things they aren't really supposed to see. Nowadays, and right? That nowadays, is why they are the spies. Well, nowadays, like you would think that spies are more computer hacker type individuals that's than they gotta be a part of the repertoire though it's not like the only thing you rely I'm on i'm sure there are still field agents i'm still there i want to sure be there that are still I'd dudes be so out good. there doing so subterfuge good. who are still like convincing foreign enemies that they are viable legitimate people in that organization I'm sure that still exists, but I assume a lot of our espionage and a lot of our field work is basically like, hey, go find a way into this network um, so mm -hmm, we can just spy mm -hmm. on these people and what they're saying, honestly. If I'm being honest, I feel like that's probably what a lot of like spy work who is. Would, who would be the best spy of the three of us? Me. Uh, see, you Obviously always say me. you. See, I think, <laughs> I think Ty might be the best one i feel like I mean, he could get himself into places more than we could but then again like i don't know i feel like i'm i'm pretty good at, i'm pretty sneaky, i could sneaky. show up a lot of places and people wouldn't notice yeah i feel owen if you and i showed say, up mike <laughs> i feel like you are a much more chill individual than owen and i yeah, I feel like if Owen and I show up someplace, we'd be like, "Hi, I'm the local inspector, and uh, I'm here to inspect things." I don't think a spy needs to be like suave or cool at all. A spy just needs to be a spy, whatever's best for the situation, right? I mean, and again, that's why I feel like you would be the best because you would pick the right thing. Owen and I would let our attitudes and our egos get in the way and we'd be like, I need to infiltrate this over a month and a half and become a crucial part of this organization. My shtick is it. my shtick is I always get laid against my will. Like I never want to have sex with these women, but I just like it has to happen. Wait, that's <laughs> your spy yeah. shtick? That's my shtick. You don't want to get raped, but they always rape you. No, it's almost like like a gag where they trip over a desk and fall on my dick, and it's like, oh, oh whoopsie daisy! <laughs> I yeah, got yeah, your your bones. Those me. make for good Bond films, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that, that's not the worst. Uh, also, Owen, you like imagine like you're stressed already, man. Imagine leading two lives. Oh, well. Being stressed about two of them and I mean, like causing shit that can fuck up the world. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like that would <laughs> let me, you know, enjoy, you know, like I would I would I think I'd enjoy the 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 blowing up the world part or preventing and then I would like that wouldn't be that stressful. It'd be the other <laughs> life that would be like, ah oh, god. Oh, and god. you're really ambitious to assume that your other oh, no. identity is literally like a Doctor Doom type, where you're uh -huh. going to destroy the world. I got the. I got the oh, you could barely destroy your own yard. It's, okay, it's oh, I could definitely do that. But no, the 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 concept of double lives is fascinating, and you're right, Ty. Like it, anybody that 
actually does that is totally fascinating and totally uh like i i've I've even seen like TikTok videos, even though we don't like have TikTok. I see it on Reddit or whatever on social media. And I see like some of this stuff where like a guy gets exposed, for instance, like with like two different families, like maybe mama with like two kids goes over. Not like what the fuck? Like why? Yeah. You, you know, and then and it's like a whole thing like like that is that's like. First off, that's terrifying. Um, and second, I just don't know how you like even mentally process some of that, right? Like that's like Bro, a weird what thing. level of psychosis do yeah. you have to have to know that any day your other life that you're living for however long you live it could just come crashing down because it's just an extra life. One of the questions I had with the whole thing like that I could maybe even relate to is like, what if you got like a new job, right? No one knew you. How long could you pretend to almost be someone else with new coworkers? Like how long could you like, I mean, I'm sure we're all reasonably responsible of being slightly different at work just because sure. we can't be yeah, yeah. the complete Probably asshole a good or year. pothead or whatever you may be. You sure. Know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, like I don't know. I'd like I, I definitely, you have like I work for churches and shit. Sometimes is like, all right, we're not going to have this one conversation that would be fun to have with you people, but <laughs> you know, you still put on a polite face. Yeah, it's not that hard. I knew when I, I worked. I so I'll I'll t tell you, for example, like I knew when I worked at the um the golf uh resort like cafe most of the other people were people who worked or lived at the golf resort for the employees i knew not to say certain things so i think in those situations you just learn what not to kind of talk about in relation to like your double like you keep your whole situation but you have just you like must have support, to like, like you have yeah you have surface to like, level no i think yeah you probably do but you also have to like go in there like knowing every day at work you have to compartmentalize what job you're doing does that make sense yeah you know? you, do you don't lead anything on other than what you do at work or you have to is, become is really that, good at is that easier in or... that like you build these extra lives right is that outside easy... of what you do is that easier or are two families easier are you saying spy or two families yeah <laughs> i i would assume spy because you only have to lie to people that you come into contact with consequentially through sure. what you're doing a family lie you have your family is legitimately for most people someone you'd be around all the time so if you're lying to a whole family unless it's just a spouse i think i think that's a lot of lies to hold yeah. up into yeah if you were to like look at graphical data of when this started happening and the emergence of the internet. <laughs> I guarantee it's exponential since the internet showed up. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred, even like Facebook. I'll, I'll say, sure. There's like spies Facebook. back in the day. 
it, like, it probably happened once or twice but still like now that you can just have a whole relationship on facebook and then show up mm-hmm. you know yeah it probably makes it way way worse so i found an article with some really interesting stories because i am i'm fascinated with people that live these double lives and one of uh the articles I found it has it has five different names. One of them is Becca Schultz. Okay, and w- this is this was a huge sounds like a slut. <laughs> nah, man, you're gonna probably regret that when I tell you she was 13 years old. Uh, oh no. <laughs> okay, so she was a teenage girl, just a teenage girl. 13 years old, who found success as an awful adult man. Becca Schultz was a 13-year-old girl who dreamed of being a sports writer. And like most 13-year-olds, she was super impatient. Probably correctly assuming that no one would hire a barely teenage girl to write about baseball, she began pitching as an she began pitching herself as an adult man named Ryan, and it worked. For eight fucking years. Yeah. She started when she was 13, did it for eight years. It could have been a weirdly uplifting tale, but unfortunately, Schultz decided that she needed, uh, needed to not merely be a dude, but the worst kind of dude. What? I find that part the most fascinating, right? She chose to be like a douchey guy. Yeah, having integrated herself into sports Twitter, she met a variety of like-minded women in the industry whom she immediately began to harass and abuse. Um, hey, maybe she was getting into character. Uh, quote, I wanted to be a sports writer, she said, but I was young and thought the only peop- the, that the only way people would notice me is if I was the stereotypical guy. So she, um, Schultz had convinced at least two women to send her nude photographs. One of whom, <laughs> one of whom, uh, uh, one of whom claims she only did so because Ryan, her alter ego, had threatened to hurt himself if she didn't. After some point, Schultz got so cocky that she started doing podcasts with no modification, voice modification at all, but somehow. Uh, wasn't found out until she made a misogynistic joke on Twitter. In response, women began speaking out on their abuse of quote-unquote Ryan, uh, then got together to track down the the chucklehead's wife, only to find out she didn't exist. Going further down the rabbit hole, they determined that Ryan's kids were also fictional. Supposed pictures of them uh, were, in fact, Schultz's niece and nephew, and that the universe... Like, so, yeah, she... This chick... She hoodwinked a lot of people uh, from for a long time. For, and yeah. she's a shit human being. Let's be fair. But let's be honest about that. She is a shit human being. Finally, as a, are any other people who do these things. Finally, in a twist, they surely didn't see coming. Ryan's sexual harassment victims learned that he himself did not exist and was actually now a 21 year old girl uh, playing pretend. 
Her scheme and all-around terribleness exposed. Skultz's editors all kicked her to the curb, effectively ending her sports writing career until she invents another one. Like, I never heard about this story. Did Did any of those guys, uh, when they found out that it was just this 21-year-old girl, go, nice. Probably. Probably, (laughs) yeah. Someone did. She was getting getting, uh, pictures from chicks. Like, so it wasn't. You know, I don't know. Like maybe she's nice. into that, whatever. But no, that is that's pretty nice. <laughs> she was scoring a bunch of uh, naked lady pictures. Nice. That's what she was doing. Nice. That's what she was doing. <laughs> but seriously, like I get it, kind of. I get it almost more because she she did it starting so young, right? Like I almost understand that one. At 13 years old, playing around on the internet, kind of like, I kind of get that one more than some of the others. Uh, This one in particular, a Marvel editor moonlights as a Japanese writer, complete with a detailed life story. So, around 2004, Marvel associate C.B. Sapalski started writing for rival comics uh, company Dark Horse to be... uh, to be safe, he decided to use a pseudonym as Akira Yoshida. He wrote a couple of titles, which seems were impressive enough that an, uh, another Marvel editor saw over him the possibility of writing for the company. So now he's in a bind. So he's working for Marvel. He's think about this, right? You're working for the company. You're gonna like do right. some side shit with this other company under a different name, but now the company that you work for. You're trying to keep all this on the DL is now being like, oh, dog, like we want you to come work for us. You're really good. Um, okay. Hire me as this guy. So Marvel policy forbade editors from getting paid to write their comics. His options were either politely decline the offer without explanation or get caught up in a fake mustache and glasses situation that would almost certainly backfire. That's what he did. Um, <laughs> he chose the mustache and glasses. Yay! Yeah. Uh, we'd like to give Zabolski uh, the benefit of the doubt and assume that when he chose the Asian pseudonym, he had no intention of convincing anyone he was an Asian man. That's difficult, though, because he was his work writing for Marvel focused heavily on Japanese themes, culture, and characters. So it's a lot of executives who love having a Japanese writer on the team. In a 2005 interview, he went so far as to retell uh, his childhood in Japan, learning English from TV, movies, and superhero comics. His totally fake childhood that, to be clear, absolutely never happened. Um, After Yoshida became a fairly well-named in comics, someone sprung a leak, and rumors began to fly that Yoshida was really Sibolsky. He asked about the rumors in 2005. When uh, he was asked about the rumors in 2006 by journalist Rich Johnson and flat out def- uh, denied them, saying that numerous office visits and convention appearances proved Yoshida was real. The photos mysteriously never materialized, but some Marvel execs did confirm they had met Yoshida. Imagine their surprise when Sapolsky came up for promotion to editor in chief of Marvel. He decided to best come clean before uh, clean came for him. It turns out the person Marvel execs thought was Yoshida was, in truth, a Japanese translator visiting the Marvel offices, which raises so many more potential sitcom series. So he got a guy, he got his translator to basically be like, yo, say you're me. You're you're the guy. Say you're me. You say you're me. I like that one. That's a good double life scenario. You're 
you've got like a what do you call it like an avatar almost that's like playing the role of you but you're like directing him i like that one i think that's also a writer and he gets to like kind of write yeah, yeah, yeah. his his life role that he's doing it's weird but you also get to be directly detached from it like you don't have to honestly respond to anything i like, people don't know that you're this person i like this one more is what I'm trying to say. I think this one's a little more honest in a weird ass way because you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're not, it's, I don't think it's really hurting anybody. Someone else is just playing kind of like a character of you. And I feel like that to me would be easier and more fun to do than other forms of double life, right? Like this one seems like it could, you could keep this one going. I, like most of them, I feel like you're going to get caught. This one you could perpetually probably keep going if you did it well enough. Like a good, like, dop not necessarily doppelganger, but, like, again, like, avatar scenario. I feel like you could make that one work. Um, let's see here. I feel like a lot of the two-life scenarios depend heavily on the fact that the two lives are very, very separated from each other. Mostly by distance in a lot of occasions, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. just by like occupation. And what really kills me is those guys who run double lives like in the same town, like guys who have families like on like north and south sides of town that just live those lives. Do you want one more of these stories? I got two. I can I let do. you. I can let you choose from either. I can let you choose. I can give you the first Vietnam Vietnamese time correspondent was also a communist spy. Uh, or I what? yeah. Or I could give you um do, 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 do it one second. The the female founder of a tickling lead was a shady porn king. Shady Porn King. Yeah. Shady Porn yeah. King. Jane O'Brien was an entrepreneur with a vision to create a competitive sports league in which fit young men could tickle each other's without clothing on camera. Okay. Wait, she, men tickling men? Yep, men tickling men. She, on camera. She had a fetish. So I like she, this. She wanted to make some fetish porn videos but didn't necessarily tell a lot of people. That's nothing, though. An ambitious lady with a perfectly harmless fetish, O'Brien uh, wouldn't be on this list until she pulled some needless deception, like leading her apparently hilarious naive stars about the nature of the videos, then launching terrifying defamation campaigns against them when they learned mm. they tried to take the videos down. So after journalist David Ferrier got wind of the situation and contacted the company, he was told they wouldn't help a homosexual journalist because we desperately... Uh, we desperately not do not want a uh, sorry. We desperately not want a homosexual participation base applying for the project. Clearly, something was up. <laughs> Turns out, James O'Brien was the pseudonym of David uh, Diamato, a multimillionaire who fooled hundreds of hopeful professional ticklers into filming thousands of hours of prime masturbatory material. Diamato, a former guidance counselor, had previously served for computer fraud and retaliation against, surprise, a male student he had a thing for a short time after being exposed in Ferrier's documentary about the story Tickled. 
Diamato died at the age of 55. Many people found it suspicious that Jane O'Brien media still appeared to be active after Diamato's death, which spun some particularly bizarre conspiracy theories. But no, he really is dead, and some other guy has just taken over the company. The new owner uh, simply kicked the man's invented female pseudonym, now, now famous for its uh, subterfuge and harassment. Uh, okay. Sure. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> there. So yeah, you got that one. Um, and so, yeah, there. There's the thing. There. I'll give did you. Did I? Did I ever tell you guys? Um, At one time, you were a spy. No, but I did live a double life for, for about like I don't know, probably like three or four months mm-hmm. uh, after I got off my first DY. You know. Uh, after I got, oh no! After after I moved back from Saint Augustine for the uh-huh. first couple of months, like you spoke I, with a different accent. No, I introduced myself as uh, Justin for a long for like oh. the first couple of months when I came back to Rivard after being in Saint Augustine. I tried to like change assume my image. A diff- assume a different identity. Identity. You didn't want. Um, you were trying to hide I, from the shame of your DUI and stuff. Is that what you're saying? Some of the DUI was it. Um, some of it was like I had failed out of leaving town, and when I left town, I was kind of like, "Fuck this shit! Like this town is a shithole. My friends are dying. I'm not gonna fucking stay here. Right. Like, fuck this shit." And I left. And when I came back, you like, came back I went shame. to different You're bars. Like, oh, I, I went to it. bars yeah. outside of town. Did um, you have a pseudo last name too? Did you get no, that far? But, um, you didn't get that far. I was like, I you know when I got back, like I was fucking this like twenty year old who I was just like she knew me as Justin though. Did you tickle um, her? tickled her oh. insides with my dick oh wow that was something that i didn't expect it's like a you know totally but yeah like i was just like i'm gonna come back to town and like why my, yeah, my i gotta thing... be here but i i'm i want to be a different person because like okay, i left town I as like I a real that. dickhead i would i was wondering like part of like my earlier question kind of falls into this but it's like could you do you think like go in there like new job new town like you're kind of saying like you're re like redeveloping your life could you get away with being like a wholesome like like devout christian fella for a year you know what i mean not say not say a curse word like have all the upstanding nature of the you know i could giving the loving the 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 my you know, motto when I go to places, especially new places, you could not is, you could not curse for that long, even just by accident. Because yeah, I think no, I curse. I think I, that's what would give me away. I'd give myself away at some point. I would. No, I here's the do thing: it. I don't name, I repetition, and personality mirroring. Like you just act like just the acting people the you whole time around, um, and you kind of just learn immediately what's okay what's not and you don't say a lot of stuff until you know those things for sure that's how i've gotten along with every job that's why i rise so fast is because i meet the bosses personality mirroring and name recognition 
You always say the important people's names by name, and you imitate how they act. It's all manipulation, guys. Like, I'm a good cook, but a lot of what I do is just I manipulate the people on top of me to know that I'm a good worker. Do you, you want to help hear... them remember that you're a good worker? Do you want to hear one last sort of spy story? Double you're life spy. spy story. I'm going to give you one. Oh, and is this how you snuck away from that bush you ran into in your Sentra? Maybe. So when uh, Time Magazine hired him in 1969, Pham Vuong Ong became the first Vietnamese-born man to work as a staff correspondent for a major American news organization. Fortunately... Anne had a special talent for befriending high-profile American military and media figures and was even admitted to special off-the-record briefings by the American authorities, a rarity for reporters. Unfortunately, He's a Vietnamese might be, goddammit. Unfortunately, Anne was also a, a colonel in the North Vietnamese Army. You know, the guys that they were, like, fighting time this is a fucking champion so this wasn't done solely to pursue his hidden passion for journalism on gathered information from these top secret meetings and smuggled messages written in invisible ink on egg rolls out to mark spots in the jungle by wars and invisible ink on, on egg rolls on had been made a major general of the Vietnamese army, um, but yeah, by the war's end, On had been made a major general of the Vietnamese army and was named People's Army Force Hero by the Vietnamese government on January 15, 1976. He was also awarded with confinement uh, with confinement to a, a re-education camp after supervisors deemed he had spent too long in South Vietnam and was thus corrupted by capitalism. He later described his decision to stay in Saigon while his family left as the stupidest thing I ever did. But after being processed at the camp, he was granted the pension of a retired uh, brigadier general. So if someone asks you if espionage pays, the answer is $30 a month. So no, he didn't end up well, but um, yeah. He but about $30 a month in Korea is like a fair wage well, and like, Saigon, you don't live awfully it wasn't in korea it was fucking vietnam but yeah oh vietnam yeah, or yeah vietnam. but i'm sure like for north and south vietnam i'm sure like okay well if you live uh you'll live okay you're not living in squalor but how, but how crazy is that he had gotten himself in so deep into the american government that like he was able to be like a news reporter getting getting himself in all while he's a goddamn general, right? In and the then, North Vietnamese Army. And then and then when he goes back, it seems like at that point they're just like, No, you spent too long with those American motherfuckers. We've got to put well, you're you, not a communist anymore. Yeah, you're not a communist dude. anymore. Now we gotta like retrain you back into how to be calm. Um, how to, well, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's the what they're literal doing. thing that every say. spy fears is that you go live amongst your enemy go, for so long that you become one of you, them. 
and you come back and they're like, yeah. oh, well, you're the enemy now, too. So we got to re-educate you. Nah, I mean, I think- so now you're treated like a fucking third class citizen because you spent so much time in capitalist America. I think that's about right. That's dick, dude. What do you hear? What do you think about this? Oh, we're talking about old people a lot, right? On this show. I don't know. Um, Mark Hales. Well, I feel he's going to he's going to tell us about that. I feel like there are certain things that my grandparents and my what I think of like old people never did or like carried. And I was thinking about it the other day. I don't think either of my grandparents carried what we would call like a backpack ever in their lives. There might have been like a, sh- a Some satchel, but I don't think there was ever once a backpack. Maybe it could now there could have been like in the war, right? Like a hiking sack, ba- snap sack, a rucksack, something like that. I'm or like a yeah, like a hiking thing. I'm not saying that that couldn't be possible, but I don't think my my grandparents, and I think I would venture a guess to yours as well, never threw a Jan Sport on their back. Well, here's the thing: our our yeah. grandparents' grandparents never like did things for fun. Their lives were devoted to work, family, eating, survival. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That is that's because you're you're what we're talking about is people at like the turn of the century, mm, from mm, like eighteen mm. hundreds to the nineteen hundreds. Our grandparents' grandparents were probably prime adults at the turn of the century, and that sounds fucking awful, bro. What years? What? What year did the backpack become a thing? Like popular, probably popular. in the fifties, man. Fifties, sixties, somewhere in there. When we started like camping, recreation. I think it's later. No, see, I think it's later. I think that I think we're talking seventies. I think we're talking seventies for a backpack. Because you see the old videos. Remember from uh, like Leave It to Beaver, some of those shows. When they carry their books home, they don't got a butt backpack. They got this weird, like, belt thing, right, that wraps across. They have this weird, like, it's like a little cradle for the books that they put the belt books in. And then, like, yeah. little no, Johnny holds it over their belt. shoulder. Yeah, it's like that thing. So that, like, that predates. Like, that's right, fi- Ellen, that's I 50s. have a date for when the backpack When's was the backpack? Originated. When did the backpack happen? 1908. Yeah, but no, but no, it wasn't. Or no, not like that. It was a Norwegian invention. No, but it it wasn't here. They were. Then why were they doing the belt thing in the fifties on the TV shows? Because it wasn't because people were poor and couldn't afford backpacks yet. Well, well, when did they become popularized? It's got to be in the seventies, I think. I don't think it like late sixties, early seventies. I think. Like, but even still, you go watch a movie like Almost Famous. He's not carrying a backpack. He's got that side satchel thing, right? That's the seventies. So I even mm-hmm. think it might be late seventies, early eighties before the before the backpack becomes right. a the regular next thing. iteration of the backpack. Doesn't come along until almost the nineteen forties. Well, again, 
And then in the fifties, it's revised again. So in the fifties is where backpacks really kind of take off. Yeah, I don't think they were that big in the fifties. Like, okay, I'm trying to think. In Back to the Future, right? He goes back to the future. He was in the fifties, right? Were they wearing backpacks? In yes, the malt there shopping. were backpacks in that movie. Some, there? But a lot of people were just carrying books under their arms and going to the. I think it was rare. I don't think they were. I don't think they were widespread. Backpacks. I were think not... you were a nerd if you had a backpack. Oh, maybe. Remember, you were ner- a nerd in middle school if you wore it on both like shoulders like <laughs> oh, you had to one, slouch one shoulder yeah you had to slouch yeah. one right you had to throw one which are you a right leaning one or your left what are you what do you go to right yeah i'm right i put it yeah. on the right and then i take the left one off yeah that would be mine either or but i think i go left i switched to messenger right. back in high school and yeah you were that guy just kind of took off yeah i still rock the messenger bag it's my um, work bag. I'm I pioneered messenger bags and rubber chicken ties in I, high school. I am a firm believer now in the full backpack. The I I I need a backpack. I have a mini. I have like a fest backpack to go to work now. I have I have multiple backpacks. I work. A factory gave me actually a backpack. It was one of these Swiss yeah. army backpacks. It's got like all the pockets, all the. Oh, and you things. are you trying to compete? I mean, I gotta get a good backpack. I, I got a work backpack. Over saying, I have. <laughs> hold on, I have a full size backpack, an Adidas full size backpack. Oh yeah, do we... I have a mini Fest Vans backpack? My God, I have a Fossil Messenger bag, and I have several sizes of fanny packs that can also be worn as over the shoulder. Okay, bags. I mean, I didn't realize that you were such a. A, a bag. I'm fan. a bag man. You're baby. a bag. I didn't realize you were a bagman in that in that regard. I'm just saying. Right. I, I went, got a yeah, new bag. You know how you always bring new... out all these well, uh, like I got a new, new bag. titles for yourself. It's a good. Bag. I'd like it to be recognized by the show that oh. I am a bagman. Okay, you're a bagman. I have right. many bags for all the or the situations that we need them. I'd like it to also be known that. 99 peaches, delicious, sweet. Everyone, head out to your local liquor store and find a 99 peaches. Right. I'm trying to grab a sponsorship. All right, 99 peaches it is. We are, on that note, going to take a short break. The time is 10.17, so how about we come back at 10.30 and, you know, uh, give you rock some... Rock your socks off rock your sock. Oh no 2.0. Exactly. I feel like we give ourselves a little break. I gotta pee, all those types of things. I'm gonna come back more hot taco than ever. Oh my god, it's, uh, I guess a... Uh, hot taco second half, y'all. I don't know if that's oh, a good sound promise. Oh, and hot taco alarm. I, I will, alright. <laughs> it's there, it's here, we back with the second segment of the Ono Radio Show, like we uh, always call it, Ono 2.0. We're going to take about a 12-13 minute break. We'll be back very soon. If you're watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ONRS Live. If you are watching over there, don't forget to follow us anywhere you can find podcasts. Just search for Ono Radio Show. We'd love for you to subscribe, follow on uh, 
you know, even on our uh, goddamn YouTube. Ono Media over on the YouTube. 407-906-6466. The phone lines will remain open for the second segment for Ono 2.0 of the show. And boys, what do we say when we get out of here to end number one? Fuck! Oh, I got two fingers. You can fuck them with your dreams. <laughs>